Welcome to the Live Well Podcast. I'm your host, Liv, a naturopathic doctor, mentor, energy healer, Akashic reader, intuitive, energetic business mentor, and honestly, so much more. I help you heal on a physical and emotional level so that you can feel delicious in your health, body, relationships, career, and bank account. This show is for those of you who are looking to go beyond the basic wellness stuff, cut out the BS, and really create a life you love. We talk about health, trauma healing, energetics, feminine energy, wealth, and magnetism so that you can live a life that feels delicious. In these episodes, we will have an honest conversation without the fluffy bullshit. You walk away with all of the insights, tools, and tips to truly live your best life, mind, body, and soul. If you are looking to live well, you are in the right place. For ways to work with me, visit keepupwithlive.com and follow me on Instagram at keepupwithlive for more. And with that, let's get into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Live Well podcast. I am very excited because I have a special guest on with me today. Brianna is just a light. She's powerful. She's not only an energy healer, but she is powerful when it comes to money, reprogramming, really a perfect example of what it means to create a different life for yourself. So without me going into her too much, welcome, Brianna. And do you want Brianna or do you want Brie? Either one, Brie's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer Brie, but I don't know what she wants. And yeah, so if you could tell the audience kind of a little bit about you, what you do, and everything like that. Yes. Hi, everyone. So my name is Brie, and you know, I just left my full time teaching job to be an energy healer, focusing, helping entrepreneurs in wealth, creating the impact and income that they are here to provide for the world, to hire the world into a higher level of consciousness for the betterment of all involved. So let's start off with that because mm-hmm. it takes guts to leave your teaching job. And I think, was it either a podcast or a YouTube? I just saw on your stories, like you were making good money in your teaching job. So mm-hmm. can you kind of like for people who maybe are in, whether it's teaching, nursing, I don't know, something like that, where how you came to a realization that like, oh, I need to leave this. And kind of what was that pivot point where you're like, okay, I need to just leave this. I need something different. Yeah. So the big pivotal point for me was I was making the high income. I, you know, was making in America, the average teaching salary is about mid 50. I was making 75 plus as a teacher, an elementary school teacher. And when I was making that income, And I manifested the most ideal teaching position that I could have ever manifested down to the name, the location, the socioeconomic, the, um, the school name, even it still was not filling my soul. I still felt like I was limiting myself. I still felt like I was not providing everything that I came here to provide on this earth. To put quite simply, it felt like there was something missing. And no matter how hard I tried to stay in the teaching world for five years, nothing ever fully hit. Nothing ever fully equated to what I felt like I could actually provide. And another thing was that because I was a teacher in the public education space, I felt like I couldn't truly, truly, truly be myself in the classroom or even online because I was facing a lot of um, just a lot of uh, pushback a little bit when I would kind of express my light and my opinions. And, you know, when it comes down to money truly will not give you the happiness that you truly think it will. Because when we look outside at the external of money's going to fix all my problems, no, (laughs) it starts on the inside first. And then you create that really strong foundation and then you build and grow. And the money is just a sprinkle on top. What I like that you said is that like, it was never the full thing. Right. And so like, sure, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It was good. Like money's good. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And I feel like so many people get stuck in fine. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's good. Like, why not? Like I get paid a decent amount. Like, but you want, like, we're willing to push past that. And I think that's like a big point for a lot of people is like not to settle in mediocrity, but like, to allow yourself to desire more, want more. And, you know, I know you were even at the higher end of teaching, but I'm assuming even if you got to what principal, I think is probably the highest pay, what, that there's a cap on it, right? There isn't limitlessness for you. 
And then also having to change how you show up online. Now, you know, kids can find teachers on, I'm assuming Facebook or Instagram, or I, know, I didn't have that growing up, but like now you do, right? And so this is whole other different realm that you're kind of having to navigate. So it's like kind of even hard for you to do both because you can't fully go into one because of how like you may have been perceived or even reprimanded or even, I don't know if it's even allowed like for you to do both. And so you really had to choose which yeah. one. Yeah. And it came down to what is my highest expression? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And for something with me, you know, I got into teaching for the kids and I could not stand in front of the classroom and, you know, preach to my students that they could be do and have everything that their heart desires when I was not living that expression. And that's really what it came down to. Mm. So I'm guessing you had, or maybe you didn't have any fears or hesitations, but like if you had any fear or any hesitation, how did you walk past that and move forward with trust that, you know, this, you might know we have inklings of like, we're meant for something more, but that doesn't mean that like fears doesn't come up. Right. So mm -hmm. as those things came up, how did you walk through that and navigate that? Oh, that's a really good question. So, <laughs> you know, leaving teaching was one of those things that I believe that we have, like we all have these pivotal moments in our journey of I could do this or I could do this And leaving teaching was that for me. Mm. Now, was I fearful? Eh. It, it's, it's hard to explain because I wasn't necessarily fearful inside. It was more the outside that was fearful for me. So other people's projections. Yes. So how did you deal with those? Ooh, that all goes with the spiritual awakening. <laughs> that all goes with channeling and connecting so deep within me on what my truth is and standing in that, grounding in it, moving forward with it. And also understanding that, you know, this is my path and my path is to trailblaze. Is it the most normal thing to leave teaching after five years after making a great salary and, you know, having that impactful type of job? Is it normal to do that? No, but I still had to do it for like my own soul. It was the best way I can explain it is my soul was telling me to do it and I was listening. And I'm sure there are people who have those desires, but like their husbands or their partners or their friends, or their family, like you can't leave a stable job. What about this? What about that? And like, it's one thing when you're trying to do it. And then another, when you're also dealing with other people's projections about what's possible for you, which I know you and I both know are just their projections about what's possible for them. But the fact that you handled that and like you moved through no matter what, by like staying true to yourself and really drowning out the noise. And like you said, you had to build that trust. Like you had to keep staying connected because if you didn't, yeah, we can get swayed by the outside noise and the outside projections. Right. And I think a common pattern that I saw, even though I knew, I knew this was my last year teaching, even before any of this, like I knew there was more out there. It's just this constant realigning, right? Realigning of what feels best for you, what you know is in the highest and best for everyone. Because what is in the highest and best for me is actually in the highest and best for every single person on, in this universe, planet, everything. And that really helped me move through too, knowing that, having that deep inner knowing. That is so true. And I even think about when people are like, oh, I missed your healthy recipes. I miss when you posted more recipes. I'm like, yeah, I'm, but that's not my highest and best. And like, if I don't evolve into like where I'm supposed to be, sure, that was great. I still love like healthy recipes, but if that was the bread and butter, if that's what I did 90% of the time, I'd be depriving the world of everything else I've grown into and learned and expand. So like you said, it's actually in everyone else's highest good for you to evolve because the more you enrich the planet, it kind of like comes back to you. Yes. So someone who's like sitting there and knowing that there's something more for them, know that they're meant for more, but is maybe a bit scared to follow their intuition to trust themselves. What would you tell them? Understanding that if you feel it, you experience it, you have this desire for it. First of all, it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. It's always going to be there. And the more you shove it down and the more you pretend it doesn't exist, the louder and louder and louder it gets to where maybe something pretty big happens to where you have to shift instead of making the choice to shift. 
and understanding that, yes, it's, it's a potential, it's a reality. The fact that you can feel it, experience it, sense it, tap into it. You just have to practice realigning yourself every single day, consciously aligning to that vision and that potential and making the action steps, making the action steps, even if they seem a little scary or doesn't make sense to the outside world, what you feel within you and that burning desire is what moves you forward. I love that you said that because I think a lot of people not only get scared by doing it, but by not tapping into it, it, you lose some of the magic that's going to allow you to actually have the momentum to move forward. And like you said about having something big, if you hadn't left, maybe there would be some like big thing you would have gotten fired. Like, I don't know, who knows, some big thing that would have thrown you out of there because you weren't supposed to be there. And too often people wait to hit rock bottom or for something big to happen. When then if they just chose it a little bit earlier, it would have been maybe a smoother transition. But we wait for these like big things to completely, you know, throw us off or like what happened the last, you know, couple of years worldwide to make people realize, oh, maybe I do want to start my own business. Maybe I don't want to work for someone else. Maybe I do want to have more flexible, you know, whatever it is. But like you said, not waiting till rock bottom. I always like to say that. Like <laughs> if you could not wait till rock bottom or not wait for something massive to happen, it's like waiting for something massive to happen before you heal your health. Like it just, it doesn't make sense, right? If you right. already know, you're going to make it probably a smoother transition for yourself. Right. And it's like scattery. Like, do you really want to change in a scatter energy or do you really want to make the shift in a grounded you know, full on blast power activated moving forward, kind of like superhero vibes. Very much better for your nervous <laughs> system to do it the first way. So you're really passionate about money work. And I feel like, I, I think, you know, you've been working with money for like thousands of years, multiple lifetimes, like you're, it's, it, it's in who you are. So what kind of like money fears, if any, did you have growing up or like, do you feel like you started doing money work when you were younger? Did you discover it like, Kind of take us through your journey with like money and I think you say you financial literacy, is that something you speak to online? Like kind of give us mm-hmm. a, an in, insight into that. Yeah, sure. So, you know, from the beginning, all I can really remember is my mom just being so effing stressed out about her job. She worked the same job for 20 plus years, but still hated it came home and was just, you know, not fully available for me. And I learned from early on, like, you know, I want to help my family. I want to help my mom. Like, I'm going to learn to cook. So I learned to cook in fifth grade. I was cooking my family all types of meals, dinners and everything. I would grocery shop, not in fifth grade, but in high school and such. And, you know, it got to the point where in high school, uh, my sophomore year, My mom lost her job because she got fired um, during the whole recession and everything. And it was a huge shift in our family dynamic to where it was like we didn't have enough resources for the trash trash services or I would come home and then electricity would be off. And then I would have to help my parents with trying to figure out how to turn it back on by calling on the phones and everything. And, it, and right there in that moment, I made the decision that this is not going to happen to me. I'm not going to put all of my eggs in one basket for a job that quite honestly just didn't take care of my mom very well. Then I played collegiate softball. I played my entire life and I had the opportunity to continue into college for the full four years. But I made the choice to really start being very intentional with how I create wealth. I didn't want to be in that scarcity, um, you know, being forced to work a job I hated. I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to <laughs> do like a lot of um, online schooling for my undergrad. I didn't do the whole four-year college experience. I just really stayed grounded, worked full-time and went to school full-time, just pretty much grinded, saved a bunch of money. And then I realized that we can create wealth through very creative ways that are for us. And what I mean by that is what what I first did was created a real estate property in my hometown where me and my brother actually invested into a real estate property and we home hacked it. Then I was like, oh, this is so much fun to create money, actually create money. So then I started 
um, designing lesson plans and curriculum, YouTube, podcasting, um, sponsorships and all these things. And what I realized was first, there's no cookie cutter, do this and you're going to get this type gig. It's more what feels most in alignment for you and working towards it in a very creative way. And also what I learned through wealth is, you know, wealth comes in so many different ways and not just the dollar bill. Mm -hmm. I actually was caught in the pattern of what my mom was doing with teaching. Like I was so unhappy in teaching, but I felt like, especially in the beginning, I felt like I had to stay. I went to college for seven years. Like I paid for my own college. I did all of this on my own because my parents just couldn't, they didn't have the resources for it. So I was in that same rotation. I was in that same cycle until it clicked of true wealth is not working for the dollar. Mm -hmm. True wealth is actually living in your highest expression and wealth is in the relationships in life itself in these little things that you get to experience and the money, like the dollars. Yeah. That's sprinkles on top. Like that's a cherry on top. And wealth is just one of those things that, yeah, people get really triggered about and it's quite interesting, but I think people get so triggered about it because their own expression of wealth is different and it's supposed to be, we're not all supposed to have the same vision of wealth. And I love helping people find that for themselves. Yeah. Because someone's version of wealth could be, you want to live on the farm on mm -hmm. sort of self-sustaining, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I want to be on a private jet. They're going to be different ones. Both are fine, but there's different ones. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, go ahead. I like what you, I think there's like a very much between like, I think our parents probably similar generations what you do for work is not like the funds, like it's what you do, like transactional. It's something you have to do to make money. It's not something that's supposed to bring you joy. It's not something you're supposed to be happy about. It's something you have to suffer through for what? Eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, what, 50 years of your life. Can you imagine how much time that is? And you're no. doing something that you don't love and I think we both chose to like not only be born into these families but born into this generation where it we're really showing that like you can literally do anything and create wealth and I'm not sure if you've heard this story I shared it in our little portal telegram group but I mean yes we have examples of like TikTok dancers making millions and I like this example because I think it's so funny there is a woman who makes seventy thousand dollars cash per month burping different flavors of cheese into a Ziploc bag and mailing it to people. If there's a woman who's burping, I don't know, cheddar and then Gouda into different bags and making that much money per month, my God, you can make money being a nutritionist or a hormonist or a wealth person. Like my God, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we're just so, I think, privileged to live in this time. And I think not enough people realize that like it is actually a privilege to realize how much abundance of money there is way more than there was for our parents. And you could literally burp cheese into Ziploc bags and mail that you can send yeah. pictures of your feet. You know, like there's right. so many things like you said, there's creative things. Sure. You could do real estate. You could do courses, you could do wellness and you can also burp into plastic bags. Right. And, like, and people are still like teaching jobs of like, would you rather be a teacher? Or would you rather burp into a plastic bag? Right. Yes. And that's another reason why I'm so passionate with helping entrepreneurs because this old paradigm is fading out. Mm -hmm. It does not have to be like this anymore. And we have all these tools and resources to literally create money. Like literally, we just have to be in energetic alignment for it. Like a creative energetic alignment. And that's it. And of course, like if you love, if you're a teacher listening and you love it hand over heart, like this is what you were born to do, you're fulfilled. There's like, that's perfect. There's no judgment. However, I do feel like most people who listen to me are kind of those people who are meant for something different or meant for a slightly more, not necessarily exchanging time for money. And like you said, I know you and your husband also have, is it car or something mm -hmm. else like that? Like you actually have multiple streams. of income. Is it like seven? And I know you make yeah. like videos or podcasts about like all the different streams of income. So you're really good at like creating money pathways and, 
and stacking it. So, well, A, kudos to you, but B, let's kind of dive back into like the money work that you do. So like, what do you see as like the, one of the most important or like one of the top things you see like money block wise or obstacles people like have to overcome with money? Yeah. Number one, fear. Fear. Of not having enough or of having it? Fear of leaving what they are uh, like used to. Fear mm -hmm. of their nine to five typical job and taking that leap and not knowing or understanding the trust that comes along with that, but also the support. Because the thing is, like when you make these leaps and you make these bounds, you are fully supported. You have to believe that. And it's true. So a huge block I see is fear and doubt that they're unable, they're incapable. Something for me, actually, before I even did any of this work, this was like in 2019 when I was, you know, we did the little money move that we did with the rental real estate. I was listening to like something on YouTube and it was like a CEO being interviewed and he was just talking. And I literally said to myself, I wish I could be like that, but I'm not smart enough. I am so excited because the next round of Wealth Recode is officially open. This is the program that recodes your nervous system to feel safe with wealth. Receiving it, holding it, growing it, wealth of all kinds. There are live healing calls with me where we are going to be doing the deep rewiring of living beliefs, letting go of lack and scarcity in your nervous system, generational and past life trauma around money and wealth, and getting you into a state where you are living in complete overflow with wealth. This round is even more potent than before because I have unlocked new levels since the last round that are going to change everything. These are the shifts that have changed my life and my bank account. This is not only going to change how you respond to wealth, it is going to change your entire relationship to it. There's also plenty of time for Q&A and a Telegram channel to ask questions in between calls to get support. Yum. So this is for you if you want to heal your relationship with money and become a higher match for wealth and bring nervous system safety into it. Check out the link in the description. I cannot wait to see you inside. And if you have any questions, let me know. And let's get back to the episode. And this idea that we have to be like intelligent and graduate from these Ivy League schools and, you know, have straight A's. I was not the strongest student growing up. I had like a very, I mean... When I was growing up, I had to be in reading intervention groups because I just didn't read enough to be a good reader. But these things can shift and we can grow and we don't have to subscribe to these limiting beliefs that we hold about ourselves and how smartness comes with money or um, because here's a good one that I also see. I came from a low socioeconomic situation. So therefore I'm stuck here. Therefore I don't have the skills. I don't have the resources, but there are so many, we just have to be open to them. Yeah. And that's what I love to work with. Like I love showing people their pure, true potential, their full potential yeah. to be, do and have anything that they desire. Because again, when they, us, all of us are in our highest alignment, like truly helping the world, everyone, every single thing gets to reap in the reward. I love that you said that because when we think about Oprah, you think about Tony Robbins, they didn't come from good socioeconomic backgrounds. They came from places where like, it was hard to put food on the table. I know like Tony Robbins' dad made $30,000 a year. And like, if he lived up to be a truck driver, like his dad, then he would have made it at $30,000 a year. And now look at him. I mean, I know millionaires who never graduated high school. So like, again, even going back to the burping in a bag, that's not even true. Like in terms of, you know, having the university in Canada, we call it university or college degree. I mean, maybe for being a surgeon, sure. But like, otherwise there, it's actually not required. And when you, I think, see examples of this, and if you can actually wrap your brain around, like, look at all of these examples that are in front of me now that's available, like use that as an expander. And I even like, like the, sure, there's the Tony Robbins, the Oprah who are big, but even think about the woman like burping into a bag. Like if she can do it, like you, you can do it. Like whatever it is like, that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to the whole um, universal, universal law of oneness. Like if you can do it, I can do it. If I can do it. You can do it. So I'm curious. We're mm -hmm. gonna get a little, what was the last 
time or when was the last time you felt a money wobble and how did you like a money mindset wobble and how did you bounce back from that? Okay, here we go. Well, (laughs) you know, I had, so I went into teaching not for the money, obviously. I, that was never even like a thought in my mind. Actually in eighth grade, I was sold on the idea that my teacher did this whole lecture on if you go to college, you'll make a million dollars more a year. And my parents didn't go to college. So I said, oh, I'm going to college. Um, I don't care. Like, it doesn't really matter to me right then and there what it was. Mm -hmm. But as I, you know, went along, at first it was nursing. And then I was like, this isn't exactly what I want. Teaching, I can do that. I feel like very uplifted to do that. So went into teaching. And with teaching, for some reason, all, I mean, for the majority of teachers that I worked with, they're fine with settling with like being burnt out really low salary, overworked, working on the weekends, just no. Mm -hmm. And when I started to get into the healing arts, when I started to do my energy healing work, and when I started to really help clients on such a huge, massive, deep way, the block that I had, and we know this because at Rewire, we went through this together, was this limiting belief that it is unspiritual to hold a lot of wealth. It is unspiritual to create the income for the gifts that I hold. You hold. We all hold. And that was a huge blocker of mine. But on the flip side of that, in order to create the impact that I can see and sense for the world, I have to have the income. It goes hand in hand to get that message out more, to make sure that students are learning financial literacy in school with the curriculum I create, like all of these things contribute to the higher consciousness of the world. And I think that's our role as entrepreneurs and, you know, business owners is to leave this world better than how we came into it and making sure that our businesses are of highest consciousness as well. So how we take care of our employees how we take care of the customer service and everything. Like all of this holds so much and we can really create such a bigger punch when we have that income. So there's nothing wrong with it. And like we talked about a rewire, it is even more important and powerful to be a leader that holds that integrity and understanding that power of wealth and income equaling impact it's the most spiritual thing you can do for yourself is actually charging your worth (laughs) money is very spiritual and even getting more money in the hands of like spiritually aligned people who can then even flow money like you said then you'll be able to hire you know i hire a house cleaner if i didn't make enough money like i wouldn't be able to support local businesses then you can support like local farms buy things that are not maybe reduced at a mass supermarket and you're able to support locally like you can retire your parents you can take them on trips you can do loved one like you can do so much and so i don't know if you've ever experienced this when i have people come in like oh but i'm fine like i don't need anymore and i'm like there is no way that you couldn't uplift the planet in some way by you having more money if you want to donate it to charities if you want to donate it all if you want to have a a zoo i don't care if you want to whatever it is but you having more money uplifts the planet However you want to do that in whatever way you want to do that. But it always does. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And even um, what I work with, with prosperity and abundance, I, that's what I work with, with entrepreneurs, with energy healing and money is just the 3d representation of that. Mm. And again, it's the cherry on top. So us holding that frequency of abundance and prosperity and just freely giving it, right? We get the money in exchange, but then we can create even more impact in such beautiful ways. Like you said, donating to charity, helping out loved ones. I personally love just making really nice meals, like Mm -hmm. beautiful, high quality meals for my guests. You know, it's these little things that really just elevate everyone. And again, when we are living in our highest expression and frequency, everyone else benefits. And you like it, there is a frequency difference as well to these things. Like when, if you've ever been to a farmer's market, I'm sure they have them there. 
the food from the farmer's market tastes a lot different than like the food from the grocery store. Like the taste of the vegetables and like, it's a, just experiencing a different frequency. It's at the higher level frequency, buying like more expensive sheets. Like, I don't know, the thread count higher. It feels there's a frequency difference. And what that does to your energy, it, it, it doesn't really matter of like, oh, these sheets are more expensive. So like, if there's a difference, it's more about what the feeling behind the thing is, the quality of the foods, like, you can feel that difference energetically. Absolutely. And how it's produced. Yeah. Even the energy of the person creating the item that holds a frequency. Yes, absolutely. Everything holds a frequency. And it's the frequency, like we said, it's independent of like the fact that it costs more. It's just the fact that that material tends to cost more. Mm -hmm. So with your energy healing and kind of like weaving in your spiritual awakening into all of this, how has like your spiritual journey and your energy healing kind of tied in together with all of like the teaching like job and then leaving that? I don't know if you had like a dark night of the soul type of experience and like how you basically came to also be an energy healer and how you personally use energy work and like in a different way that someone else might and how you see that integrating into your business. All right. Yes. So you know, I'll, I'll just throw it back to the beginning when I'll, all I can remember as a kid is just understanding and realizing that God existed mm-hmm. and not in the sense of looking like anything. It was more of an energy that I felt at all times. Like I, there was never a doubt in my mind that God did not exist. And my parents, my dad was raised Mormon and then my mom was raised Catholic. Oh, I so that was more. Yeah. And (laughs) right. I know it's hilarious, but when I, so when I was born, I never was like really forced to believe in anything. My parents just literally said, God exists. We're grateful. We do our best. You know, that was that simple. So as I was growing up and as I was learning, you know, more about the world and being conditioned and having all of this film over me, these blocks, I started to disconnect with my relationship with source God. I was starting to lose it. I wasn't understanding like what was going on. And it was quite interesting because, because I knew that God existed at such a young age. I feel like I carried that light. I feel like I carried this frequency to me that a lot of people just like, just crapped on me for. I, it was like almost, I had to battle people in my beliefs. Like people would just question me hardcore for my beliefs in source, God, whatever you want to call it. And over time it started to dim me. So fast forward to, um, fast forward to after high school, I was kind of dating around. I wasn't really I was kind of settling for the dudes I was going for. And I was like, this isn't, I'm not in alignment. I don't know what's going on. Like, I feel so disconnected. This was after I stopped playing softball as well. And this is a fun story. I was working at Office Depot at the time and I was with coworkers and we decided to hang out after work. And I started to experiment in marijuana. And This is really interesting because when I was growing up, I never did anything bad. I never drank. I never cursed. I was just always in, I'm, you know, doing, I'm following the rules. And at this point in my life, I was like early twenties, mid twenties ish. I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Whatever. Cool. I'll try, I'll try it. Tried it. Literally thought I died. And in that moment, I seriously thought that I died and I had to be face to face with death. I had to look at death and really answer for myself. What happens when we die? What happens when we pass? Um, And even before that, oh no, no, no. So yeah, that was like early twenties. And then I met my husband and we were engaged and I was teaching and I was completely in the dark night of the soul at this point. I wasn't exactly sure what my connection was with God, source, the universe. I was still trying to figure this out. And I'm like, oh, with teaching, this feels the most alignment. It's very impactful, all these things. 
And when we got engaged, I was so lost and confused in my career choice and my life that I thought going back to church was going to be the answer. And I told my husband, I'm like, I want to get married in church. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And <laughs> we had to, we had to take these marriage courses. And mm -hmm. in these marriage courses was really when I got to find my inner belief system again on what I know source to be true for myself. Mm -hmm. And it even was um, to the point where the church people, I'm not good with the church names, but um, the pastors, I don't know. I'm not a church. Yeah, me neither. So they were saying that in order to be like a good person per se, that you had to tithe to the church. And I didn't even know what that to meant. Donate, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I said to them in front of the whole class and everyone, cause it was a court, like a class of people. I said, well, I donate in other ways. Like I literally donate my money to my classroom. I literally donate my time. I donate other ways, not just monetarily. And it wasn't a good answer for them. And I thought that is so interesting to me. I, I, going back to money too, like, you know, donating money or giving money, whatever. And I'm like, huh, that is so interesting to me. So fast forward, me and my husband did not get married in the church and, you know, COVID happened. So everything got pushed. But March-ish time, a couple years ago, I was sleeping and I woke up and in my ear, clear as day, I heard the words, you are a healer in my ear. And I'm like, oh, yes. And that was before I did any type of energy work. That was before I even stepped my foot into rediscovering and connecting with source at all. And through this whole experience, experience, like working with you and doing all this deep work that I've done to really just like unclog, unclog my aura, like unclog my light. I found the source within me that I know to be as God universe. And it's like, nobody can take that from me. I found it again. And you plugged it back in. Like yeah. you, your gifts were always there and you're very gifted. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it was again, like standing in that. And, you know, I'm so grateful that my husband is so supportive because he has known me. I met him in high school, but he has known me as like the high school version of me. And then the version of me who went into teaching and just was completely out of alignment. And even my first year of teaching, I got let go because of my YouTube channel. So I knew there was something there. I was like, okay. I knew it was already it. telling you. And then you went yeah. to the other teaching job, which was good, but like it was already telling you. So it's like you're in yep. my head because yeah. I wanted, every time I think of something, you start talking about it, which is really funny. You mentioned your husband being supportive kind of like throughout this journey and you and your husband have such like a great solid relationship. Like I can like say that for sure. And I don't say that about everyone, but like having worked with you and know you, like you guys are solid. He's, he supports you through everything. What would you say to someone who's maybe doesn't feel supported by their partner? And like, how have you guys like navigated having him support you? And I'm sure you also support him through his stuff, like kind of paint us a picture of like that dynamic as you're also going through the money stuff, leaving your job, this spirituality, and like how you've navigated your marriage throughout. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's so funny. Like my husband, I know I knew him in high school, but we didn't connect until after. And little did I know that I was actually aligning to him and manifesting him and all these things. But how this transcended was he's just always been the person that is just okay. Like if it makes you happy, we'll do it. He, he's not a church person. He's not a like religious person at all. And he actually has challenged me so much, which is beautiful to find again, my own source and my own version of the universe, God, whatever. But he has really just given me the space to explore without judgment. And same to me with him, because, you know, we met when he was just getting out of the military and he has had his own version of finding himself in, in unison with me finding myself. And it, it's really fun because <laughs> just being that support for each other to have like these little like breaks or like these little lapses of, I don't know what, how else to call it. Like I've had some freaking breakdowns. 
but he has always like been that support system to see me as my highest expression of myself. And he trusts me in this whole leap in a little bit more background knowledge. Um, I have been, I was with my teaching job, the main like person bringing in the money. Mm -hmm. Um, because my husband was figuring out and shifting. But now since I have made this leap of going full time with my business, now my husband is even more in alignment with what he is here to do as well in his highest expression. And it's really beautiful. So for the person that is kind of like not feeling supported by their spouse or their partner, for me, just seeing like us as separate people but creating this life together really helped Mm -hmm. because um, I mean, I'm different than my husband and my husband's different from me, but that's what makes us beautiful. And like, that's what makes us very potent in my opinion. And like, like you said about the non-judgment, like the space, mm -hmm. I think non-judgment is huge. And whether like, I'm sure he might even have opinions of his own that may not be in agreement with yours, but the non-judgment, even if you don't necessarily disagree and like having that safe space, I think is major. Like non-judgment is key. Because mm-hmm. if you were to be like, I'm not going to be a teacher and I'm just going to be an energy healer. And maybe I'm just going to, you know, do some drumming and do my bowls. And I know it's not what you do, but like, let's say it was, we're, I'm choosing an extreme. And for him to be like, okay, I got you. Like I got us. Yeah. We're good. Go. Yeah. That's like, A, it's so beautiful, but B, it's incredible to like evolve with someone like that and to have each other and like the non-judgment of like whatever that looks like and how you can support each other so that you can actually expand and evolve together. Cause I don't think it has to mean, you know, just because you evolve, you have to separate because a lot of people have fears that like, Oh, if I become successful or if I do this, or, you know, my husband will either leave or we'll grow apart. But like, that is not true. You can actually evolve together, but it has to be a conscious choice to evolve together and to create that space. Right. Absolutely. So as you've kind of like, you left your teaching job, you're also now becoming an, uh, an energy healer and you're trained in a high, like I am, you do wealth and money kind of like paint us a picture of how this has all come together for you with your energy work that you do, how you use that with clients, kind of what you're really passionate about when it comes to wealth and money, there's specific things. And like, well, let's tie this all together. Okay. So what I do with clients is I take them on a nice, beautiful, long inner journey of finding first what it is that they want to manifest into this world. What do they want to create? What is that essence that you want to birth onto this planet to bring to the highest consciousness of all or like the highest and best for all? And what I do is I like to work very, very in depth with each chakra system, actually. So starting at the root all the way up, spending lots and lots of time in each center, because in each chakra center, there are specific blocks that hinder us from creating the wealth and the impact and the income that we desire as entrepreneurs. So yeah, so I love just going with them and exploring that in depth, not like super quick, but I love allowing them to explore it for themselves too. Because um, something with teaching that I was just like, I'm not super down with this is I'm not down with telling kids or people what to do. I'm not down with telling kids or people like how to think or you know what I mean? I want them to discover it on their own and find their own version of it. Because really, we're all talking about the same things. Mm -hmm. It's just our own essence that's is able to channel in our own ways to create in our own unique frequency. So I just love aligning my clients up to the energy of abundance and prosperity, tapping into each chakra system, unblocking, untangling, realigning, grounding in, and allowing them to fully be the expression of themselves that is what they visualize. So like again, mm. they have blocks and then they may not even know what they want. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't maybe want to be a teacher anymore, mm-hmm. but they don't know that they want to burp different flavored cheeses into bags. Right. And through this kind of work of like realigning, they can discover okay, what that is. Because before, maybe there's projections or blocks that are keeping them out of alignment with their essence. So they can't be plugged into it. So they're not sure what they want to do. 
They know they're meant for more. They might have some textures, like maybe I'm a healer, or maybe I'm a little bit of this, but they're not quite sure and they don't quite know. And you kind of like open up that channel to create their clarity so that they then have a plan and they can more access themselves again and bring their uniqueness through. Yes, beautifully said. Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> was one of my gifts is being able to articulate this kind of stuff. What are you in human design again? What numbers are you? I am a four six Manny Gen sacral. I don't know much about four sixes, yeah. but I think I'm guessing it makes sense. I know the Manny Gen part; that definitely makes sense. But the four sixes—is is there anything else you kind of want to dive into hmm. about your work? Really, just my work and what I feel called to do is allowing people to fully tap in and explore every what they desire what they want to be do have in this lifetime in this world and for people to understand that them having this desire is actually helping the planet like it's helping everyone it's not selfish it's not bad it is actually the most beautiful thing you can do for yourself is expanding self-discovering and acting upon our desires and our urges and actually manifesting creating like yeah, it could be scary quotations, but transmuting that to excitement, transmuting that to personal power to pursue and continue forward. And I, I believe one of my gifts is actually seeing my clients full potentials point blank period, whatever it is that they desire is 1000% a potentiality. And one more thing that was just like, mm really made me shift and see a different perspective on the world was when I was in my undergrad, I had a professor tell the whole class in a lecture that, you know, we should not be telling kids that they could be who they want to be, or we should not be telling kids that they can't be the president of the United States based upon how they look. And I, I, this was a moment for me where I said, oh, I do not agree with this at all whatsoever. I rose my hand. I was like, I don't agree with that. I would absolutely never tell a kid, a child, any person that they cannot be doing, have whatever it is that they desire, because that's not true. That is absolutely not true. So I just love being that person for my clients to come to and just for them to express what it is that they feel within them, within them, that they can fully create in this world. Because know why we people find the need to tell people that they can't do something but whatever <laughs> it's I not mean, helpful we, we do know it's like their own projection right like we know that yeah especially nowadays like you can do whatever you want to do so just yes. to kind of like close this off are there any things that you do whether they're rituals or habits that you find are really helpful for you that if someone is on their journey right now with this that you even if like they're maybe in your teaching job and they're like okay well i'm doing it next year i know we're in july right now or whenever they are like when they're in that in between kind of like the things you did in that like before you fully went full-time that really helped you even when you were like busy with i know grading or creating what do you guys do curriculums like yeah you know, the course plan whatever it is i don't know but like any kind of rituals that you find or were very helpful or like still are maybe very helpful that people could start to implement. Yeah. Um, I would all day, every day to just visualize my highest potential, like actually tapping into my highest expression. And it's really a feeling for me. It was really a feeling at first, the feeling of helping others, the feeling of just spreading love onto the world and love onto the planet and journaling that's what it that journaling scripting and fully explaining and declaring what it is and what it was that i want to experience and to give onto this world like um i think a lot of times people don't even know what they want or a lot of times people don't aren't even able to declare out on paper what it is that their goals are so for me just that constant goal setting and then connecting to the future and then holding it in my body through meditation has been a very beautiful experience for me. And I think also like giving yourself permission. I, mm -hmm. whenever people say, I don't know. And I'm like, no, chances are you probably know at least a little bit. You're just not giving yourself like the permission 
to actually dream that big. Maybe you want to, you know, become a millionaire, but you're, you're like, oh, you have all these conditions or belief that it's not possible. So then you don't actually declare it. You're not actually honest about what you want to do. Maybe you want to like have a skincare line. Who knows, right? Like I think permission is also huge with people when they're declaring what they want, when they're claiming it, when they're doing all this, and like their permission to dream big, live big, and like actually all cards on the table. If there were no conditions, no limitations, what would you want to do? What would you want to experience? What would you like if there was all of that stripped away and just giving yourself the permission, I think is huge too. Right. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Brie, for coming on. We're going to leave your links down below, um, your podcast, whatever you have. Um, yeah, you have a podcast. And where should like people find you? Like, where's the best place? What's the best link for people to like reach out if they want to? Best place, Instagram. I love the DMs. Shoot me a message, whatever you need. Just shoot it to me. I love just collaborating and talking back and forth. Voice messages are my favorite. Um, that is the best place. And then I would say my website, podcast, YouTube. And on your podcast, you talk a lot about like more money stuff as well. Yes. So people can come and like listen to that. Yes. And do you have anything like, well, depending on what people are listening to this coming up like soon, um, any, like courses or programs, do you have anything like what stuff that people can go like consume now or join that like, you know, can help them with like their money or their spirituality? Do you have healing sessions open? Kind of like what's going on in your world if people want to connect? Yes, love that. So first healing sessions open, um, single or the three month fully packed package. Can't wait for to dive into that. And also if you are someone who is just getting a little taste of entrepreneurship or getting a little taste of financial freedom, I have Financial Freedom Academy launching end of August. It's a group program, 12 weeks. I like we completely decondition you. We completely decondition you from the fear that you probably have towards money and taking the leap towards entrepreneurship and giving you a beautiful, beautiful action plan forward after the academy to take those action steps. You manage your money, you learn all you learn about how to release those um, energetic money blocks that you have that you've gained from your childhood, um, past generations, society, everything. Like it's a really beautiful program to get you started on your entrepreneur journey towards financial freedom. Oh, wonder. I mean, I love the name. Wonderful. So no matter even when you're listening, you might as well go check out Brie, go follow her. She's got lots of like good podcasts and resources. And of course, beautiful containers that can really serve you now that you're ready to take the job after listening to this episode, because if I can do it, Brie can do it. We, we can all do it. Yes, take the leap like the fool in tarot. Oh, do you also know tarot? Is that like? Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Maybe we should talk. I, yeah. I'm newly discovering tarot. Like, I want to become better at tarot, and I find tarot so interesting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yes. we'll leave everything for Brie down below. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.